0: Welcome back to another episode of Watch It and Rank. Today we will be reviewing Birds of Prey as well as a recap of the Oscars before we dive into some rumors regarding Sam Raimi and Joaquin Phoenix. And then we will end our show with a recurring segment, Movie Moviepocalypse. Taylor, take it away, my friend.
1: Let's hit it! In.
0: Okay, I feel like I haven't talked to you in a long time, man. It's been quite a long time, but we're back. It is actually Tuesday as opposed to our normal Sunday routine uh, due to some traveling arrangements, but this is perfect timing. So now we can talk about the Oscars and not have to wait a whole week. And I don't even know if you watched the show, did you?
1: No, I was dead. I went figured, to New York this weekend. I passed out at like freaking 10 o'clock because I had a flight to Chicago the next morning like 5 a.m. It was brutal.
0: It honestly wasn't like a terribly long show either. Yeah, at least it didn't feel like it. But um, tell, me about, tell me about your trip to New York because I heard you saw Jerry Seinfeld himself. And what was that like?
1: It was pretty freaking dope. So, super jacked up about it. We got there. We show up. We go to the Beacon Theater. It's like this like super historic theater in New York. It's like right in the heart of Manhattan. So, we get in there. His opener comes on. His opener's like just okay. Then Jerry comes on. As they usually are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was just fine. I mean, I've been to some comedy shows where the opener's actually better than the main act, but Jerry was good. I mean, he was all right. He was, he's just had like a lot of very dated references and yeah, you know, the, the energy was there, but he kept trying to do his like typical Jerry Seinfeld, like, what do you mean? Like that, you yeah, know, super high pitched voice, but it kept like cracking. I, I feel it was good. Like I mean, it was comedy. still really good. He had some good I, bits, but. It, it's tough
0: because like when you, when you go see a guy like him, probably, right, you have this, uh thought in your head of this is what he's going to be like he's gonna be so funny and you know if they don't meet that expectation even a little bit it kind of brings the the excitement and the afterthought down a little bit i mean yeah it's I mean, just it's he, just how it a is legend
1: it was so cool to see just because you know he's a freaking it was just it was baffling to have jerry seinfeld be that close and it was kind of crazy just to see yeah. him in general so it was cool it's for like just a that experience. starstruck Yeah, exactly. No, it was really cool. We had a great weekend. Saturday night, we saw Moulin Rouge on Broadway, which was (laughs) exactly which is freaking cool. That was actually probably, I mean, it's probably blasphemous to say it was better than Jerry, but it was freaking insane. The set design was ridiculous. It was just like a giant party. Um, The only thing, the only grape that Caitlin had was. She wasn't buying the love connection between the two main actors.
0: It's all about that sexual chemistry. That's right. As we she, know, as we know. She was
1: not buying it. But everything else was really good. The new songs were good. The old songs were good. I thought they did a great job. And then we ended up getting pretty drunk and going out later than we should have on Saturday night. And then I was just absolutely just shot on Sunday. And then... Yesterday, I was in Chicago from yeah. 6 a.m. till midnight. so it was.
0: Well, we can tell the listeners, we did try and record on Sunday. Uh, I had some car issues. We had to get a new battery, so that was a whole thing. Yeah, what happened? It just, uh, like last weekend, Super Bowl Sunday, the car died, and we had to get a jump. Uh, Karen's brother came in and, thank God, jumped us. And it was fine the next day. Obviously, got a little charge and everything, and we didn't use it all week. And then we had grand plans to go to Top Golf on Sunday morning, you know, get a few swings in. And we went outside to the car, died again, wouldn't start. Her brother had to come and get us to jump it again. We took it straight to an auto zone out in uh, Cherry Hill. And. Got a new battery. $200 Two hundred dollars <laughs> later. What? Four-year warranty though, so I mean we should be good. But it was just one of those things you're just not expecting it, and it just kind of ruined the day a little bit. But you more know, more of a pain in the ass than anything. Yes, I know. But that was that. It was a great rest of the day, filled with a pretty great Oscars. I I, I would say. The ratings were terrible, but I thought the show itself was pretty good.
1: Oh, really? The ratings were bad?
0: Worst ever. <laughs>
1: Jesus, God. I told well, you, especially, man. I told you, it's they because, need to
0: spice it up. It's because last year you had that uh, everybody wants to check in and see how this is going to go with no host. And then this year they obviously went no host again, and it just kind of – fell flat. I do think they need a host. They need to bring it back. But let's dive right into our Oscar recap. Obviously, you saw the winners, some of the speeches maybe, but takeaways from the show, since you did not see it, I thought it breezed by pretty quickly. The presenters were pretty funny. I thought my Rudolph, Kristen Wiig, their skit killed it. Will Ferrell and Ju- Julia Louise Dreyfus, amazing. Chris Rock was pretty good. I'm pretty obsessed biggest...
1: that Julia Louis Dreyfus and Will Ferrell's new movie isn't getting great ratings because that's I like, know, man. I just wanted it to be so good, but I think it's more of like I a did drama. Too. That's from what I've seen. Yeah, I
0: was thinking about it. Will Ferrell, man, I just I want him to make one more banger. But anyway, let's go back to the to the. Uh, Actual telecast because I think that there is one thing they need to do to cut this thing down. They gotta get rid of the songs. We don't need them. It's so awkward. They just play them out of nowhere. There's no introduction. It's so weird. They don't ever sound that good live. <laughs> I, I mean, I love Adina Menzel. I loved Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. It sounded terrible. Yeah. It was just weird. So I think they gotta those got they got to the go. That was like
1: one of the clips that I did see was Scorsese, like head bopping when Eminem was on stage.
0: Oh, don't even get me started (laughs) on the Eminem thing. It just came out of nowhere. But (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was the the telecast was okay. Like I said, there were some good, funny moments, but really it came down to the winners. And I want to hear from you what you thought glancing over, you know, all of the big takeaways and winners from the Mm -hmm. night.
1: I mean, the only thing that I really cared about was our boy Bong Joon winning for Parasite for Best Picture, which it did, which is freaking amazing.
0: Not only Best Picture, man, he took home four, and his speeches every time with that translator were just so funny, because at the end, he'd be like, I'm going to drink until tomorrow now. Nice. It was really good, and his his speech for uh, best director was absolutely incredible because he, uh, brought in a quote that Scorsese said he thanked Quentin Tarantino for always promoting his films and Todd Phillips, Sam Mendez. He, he was very gracious and it was really, really nice to see, especially like There was a lot of inclusion, it felt like, even though there was also a lot of shade being thrown at the lack of diversity in some of the awards. But, you know, that's neither here nor there.
1: This was all about Parasite.
0: Exactly. This was all about Parasite. I am shocked. Not shocked, because I didn't like it. But 1917, overlooked completely.
1: I mean, hey, you... You it was a gimmick. It, you called it. Was it was a gimmick. Yeah, you I said know. it was Oscar bait, and it wasn't quite there. So I think I get, It looks like the uh, old heads of the Academy agreed.
0: Yeah, and I I think one other notable was Joaquin Phoenix's speech was just out there. I mean, we were talking about milk and cows. It started off on a line and then just went into seven different directions. And I just didn't know what to think after it was over.
1: Dude, that guy is a legitimate psycho. He's just so insane.
0: Yeah, it was, it was pretty strange. There were really no other big surprises in my opinion, other than parasite taking home everything. Oh, I will throw out, uh, seeing Taika win for best adapted screenplay for Jojo rabbit was a huge, huge, uh, part of the night. And you could see a funny man up on stage being so emotional. He he couldn't believe that he won. So that was a really, really memorable moment of the night.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm glad Joaquin won too, just because even though he is such a weirdo, that was the best performance of the year. I think we all agreed. And I then, totally agree. Yeah, for Tyke to get an Oscar, man, like what – isn't he capable of now he's fully entrenched in the mouse house with the big wigs at disney for doing all the marvel movies he's a hit in the indie community with all of his into the shadows and hunt for the wilder people and now he's adapting these like dramatic screenplays and winning oscars like this just freaking on fire
0: he's the hottest hottest director in hollywood for sure but other than that i don't think there was too many notable things that happened. Nothing out of the ordinary of a typical mm-hmm. awards ceremony. So I yeah. mean that's it. Kinda of boring, I guess, but you know. I'm glad Ford vs.
1: Ferrari won the best film editing.
0: That you know what? Cool. Ford vs. Ferrari took home a few of the technical awards. Yeah. And sounds
1: like we talked uh, about. Remember when we were Ford ford Ferrari? Yes, yes I want to about
0: yes. But I want to talk about one one big thing Is, how does 1917 win Best Visual Effects? I just don't get it. <laughs> I get that there's visual effects in there in terms of the editing of of the one shot, but
1: are you serious? Are yeah. you serious? There is nothing. Well, I there's, don't know. There were some. There's no CGI. There's no like. Vi- there's no
0: VFX. That's what I'm yeah. saying. If anything, maybe there should have been
1: like cinematography.
0: It did, and it and it won cinematography. So you know. I don't know. I That one baffled me, especially given you've got things like Star Wars up for grabs, Avengers Endgame was up for grabs, with the incredible motion capture work. I just don't know how that 1917 Oscar bait, you know, took home that, that award. But that's, that's our Oscar recap. You got any closing remarks?
1: Mm, Laura Dern he Marriage Story. I wasn't all about that either, just because... I told you that character's been played a billion times, and it's not hard to play like a bitchy lawyer. So I wasn't super pumped about that.
0: Her speech was pretty good. Uh, she thanked her parents. Pretty nice. But, yeah, it, you know, I would have liked to see ScarJo win. But I did do an Oscar pool for Karen at work, and we went seven for seven in the big categories, took home top prize. So I'd like to toot my own horn. If you could insert a sound clip of a honk honk, that would be very nice. So with that, let's segue over to movie news. Okay, only two stories this week. Nothing too crazy, especially given that everything is really just surrounding Oscar recaps and whatnot. But I know you will be super excited to talk about these big budget blockbusters potential. So, <laughs> first oh, yeah. story. First story, Sam Raimi is in talks. I think it's pretty much all but confirmed, but he will be replacing Scott Derrickson for Doctor Strange 2 in the Multiverse of Madness. What are your quick takeaways about that?
1: So, Sam Raimi known for darker, more horror-like movies, right? So, I think it's perfect because we were worried that they were getting away from Scott Derrickson and getting away from that horror tone, but it sounds like they're still keeping that feel and tone in play, which is awesome and what I wanted to see. So, you know, really if anybody is going to be pulled into the Avengers universe, you just kind of have to have a certain feel and kind of know what they're capable of. And I think him and his background in horror and the Feige mindset behind it I think it's going to be freaking awesome dude I mean Doctor Strange is like one or two top one or two Avenger for me
0: I know that's one of your favorite movies just because of the creativity behind it in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe I actually am going to even go a step further and say this is a this is an awesome pickup this is great news because Sam Raimi obviously started the whole trend of superheroes back in what 2000 with Spider-Man Spider-Man 1 and 2, back in the day, those are fantastic movies. Now, you know, Spider-Man 3 we'll we'll kind of forget about, but I like to think that was a lot more studio meddling. But, yeah, he's got that horror sensibility to him. Uh, He comes from a horror background without, you know, one of the most notable movies that he's done that I, you know, love is Drag Me to Hell, which is a scary movie, but it's not too scary. You know what I mean? It's just got a couple jump scares in it. It's nothing super gory and, you know, out of this world that I would never want to watch again. That's just kind of like a fun horror flick. So,
1: I mean, yeah, we're not going to have like Annabelle showing up possessing Doctor Strange. It's not going to be like a horror movie, but it'll be, you know, darker elements for sure.
0: Exactly. And then my other take, and this comes from something that I read from Collider, is that. You know, this signifies a extremely well-established director coming into the Mar- Marvel Universe now. Here we are, Phase 4. I mean, if you think about a lot of these directors from the beginning uh, until now, they were small-time TV directors, indie directors that were given their first shot with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a big-budget film, but now this is kind of the opposite, where well, we're getting a guy that is super established directing this movie now. So, what does that mean for the future of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Is is anybody fair game?
1: I think anybody's fair game for anything in that universe because of the big-name actors and actresses they've brought in. That it's you know now crossing over into production and directions where. You know, It's not a joke to work on a Marvel movie anymore, and it's not a joke for your wallet either. So these guys are pretty uh, jacked up to get that nice little payday.
0: That is a good point in terms of that. But I would like to get one quick thought before we move on to our next story. is Which big-name established director would you love to see direct a Marvel movie? And who do you think would do a really good job?
1: taika for like another 10 movies even though he's well yeah
0: uh, i mean dumb. he's <laughs> he, well he's doing he's doing thor uh love and thunder so you're gonna get him again and i'm sure he will be involved very heavily you know going for forward for how long i i don't know but See, all right let's I think
1: i do think that question's a little hard though because all of the directors when you think about certain styles like if you are thinking of like a scorsese or a tarantino or anything like that like that wouldn't work well, mind. not
0: necessarily. I, I think well, so Tarantino has been thrown around to do a Star Trek movie for a while now. I think he actually came out and said that he's not going to do it. But think about what a Tarantino Star Trek movie would have been. Heavy dialogue with, you know, a crazy ending. but you know, that's that's Tarantino's style. You're telling me that you wouldn't love, especially you who loves a good story dialogue driven movie, in a in a superhero movie with you know maybe not the big action set pieces but more of like a thinker superhero movie
1: I mean I that would appeal to you I wouldn't be mad if it was a superhero movie. I just don't think he could play in somebody else's sandbox because I don't think he would have that complete freedom. Like, think about Tarantino movies. And that's a good point. The adult themes that are throughout all of them, right? Like, he's not, you're not going to be able to watch a Tarantino movie of, you know, Thanos slicing somebody in half and then, you know, five shots of Gamora's feet floating through space because, <laughs> you know, that's his thing. So, yeah, you know, I don't know if it would work yeah
0: that's a that's a loaded question for sure so let's move on to our next story because this one will tie back into the oscars a little bit but i think it's the illuminati is reporting that joaquin phoenix has been offered the role of captain hook in an upcoming peter and wendy it's called so peter pan spinoff it's more of a continuation it's not a reimagining or a or a you know a, a re what I, I guess a remake it's it's more of a reboot sequel um but yeah, Joaquin Phoenix Captain Hook what do you what do you think about this? because I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I love it
1: yeah, it's freaking perfect. the guy's an absolute insaneo whack job and so is Captain Hook I mean if you think back to who was that Jeremy Irons who was like the original hook in hook I think. Was he?
0: I have I no idea. So. I, I just think of Jeremy Irons as Scar from the Lion King because I know he he voiced the original. But the the story goes to say that the movie is kind of a revenge story for Captain Hook, who takes Wendy's brothers John Peter hostage and wants revenge on Peter Pan for cutting off his hand and feeding it to a crocodile. So now you're talking about Joaquin Phoenix playing a maniacal Captain Hook on a revenge plot, and you've piqued my interest even more.
1: Oh, yeah, it's perfect, because it's like the perfect amount of goofy and creepiness and like, you know, a little Jack Sparrow in the mix with the way he'll like dance around and do his little weirdness. But so I dude, I looked it up. The Hook from the original Hook, Captain Hook. Oh,
0: no. I know who it is. I know who it is. Hold on. Hold on. Is it... It's not Shooter McGavin, is it? No.
1: You you are not. This is I was
0: thinking Tim Curry or Shooter McGavin.
1: It's freaking Dustin Hoffman, dude. No! I did know that.
0: He must have, like, a
1: ton of makeup and a fake nose or something, because it does not look like him at all.
0: Wow, wow. I had not seen Hook in quite a long time, but
1: rufio baby rufio <laughs> 91 <laughs> classic for sure
0: yeah it really was uh so yeah we're both in agreement i kind of want to see this happen of the disney remakes i think this would be one that could probably be a hit
1: yes but stop making out oh, dude make something new make something yeah i know
0: hey Come man on. you gotta make you gotta make your money some way but right. oh yeah because
1: they're not making enough off of their marvel movies or star wars movies or yeah true True.
0: Yeah, they did have their, their first uh, their, their tw- uh, December 2019 earnings call, and they are doing pretty good on the Disney Plus numbers. So I think they'll be fine in the long run. But let's segue away from Disney and get into something that we are going to probably have very different op- ev- uh, opinions on, and that is Birds of Prey
1: Review. I mean, you know what you you look like? You look like like a, a bird. Yeah, well, yeah. Of course you look like a bird. Yeah. You always look like a bird. Yeah. But, but I was gonna say uh, you yeah. look like a, like a... like a bird lady covered in bird shit eating cake.
0: Dee, slow down. Yeah. All right. You <laughs> L- know. Let the man do. Let his... me do my thing. You're <laughs> jumping on my thing
1: here. Yeah. You know what she looks like? She what? looks like a bird that like has a no a bird f- with no tits and no ass. Dee, let us. Yeah. I, I got one. Goes. I got go, go, one. Go 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 go. She looks like, like a like a bird.
0: That was it. Let's talk about this thing, man. Warner Brothers put it out. Actually, funny story. Warner Brothers put out Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, I believe, on Thursday. But as of today, when we're recording this, it has already been rebranded to Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Did you see that?
1: Yeah, not surprising. That's unbelievable. like, Like, what a Warner Brothers movie, dude. They're like, wow, we put out this movie... Oh wait wait wait! It must be the title. That's the reason it's not doing well at the box office. The title is confusing people. Not because Fun. it's you know not a well-known property, based off of a movie that was on the Suicide Squad franchise that kind of fell on its face. Like, come on.
0: So let's talk about that real quick. So this movie did make thirty-three million opening weekend domestic box office. But I want to say that it made eighty-two million worldwide and i do think that that number will be and would have been a lot higher had the coronavirus not shut down a lot of the theaters in china
1: come on
0: china is china's out you can't you can't count china's numbers right now because all the theaters are closed that's and that's a that's a secondary market
1: take china out of the picture even domestically 33 for a superhero movie come on bro well it's with nothing out right now
0: It's rated R. It was not marketed well, in my opinion, but yes, the most reactionary studio in Hollywood did not disappoint again with a rebranding less than a week after release. So let's start with the story because I could tell you're just not even excited to talk about this thing.
1: Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited (laughs) to rip this piece of shit to shreds. All right. So. Story
0: is, this movie takes place after Suicide Squad, which was a huge financial hit, making about $750 million worldwide. So, for those saying it's a terrible movie, it is, but it made a ton of money, and standout character Harley Quinn is getting her own movie here. So, this movie starts right after the events. Her and Joker break up. They do this whole animated little thing to. Clue you in if you haven't seen Suicide Squad. Which I like. And, I thought
1: that was pretty clever.
0: Yeah, it was pretty nice. And then it just kind of goes about her story looking for, you know, emancipation and her freeing herself of the Joker. She runs into you know, uh some problems because of the immunity that was granted to her being Joker's girlfriend and now that she's not Joker's girlfriend, everybody wants to kill her. That's really what the story is about, right? That's what sets everything in motion.
1: Yes. And there's also like five other side stories going on at the same time that you don't yeah. really so care
0: about. I'll I'll be the first to say it. I didn't love the story I thought that the first hour took forever. It really jumping all over the place to these different characters and not really knowing what was going on because uh, how it was going to tie together. I didn't like the way it was told with the the Deadpool gimmick.
1: I didn't like that. Because when you are when you see something like that and there's constant like, oh, well, let's rewind. Let's look at this. Let's rewind. Let's look at this. Look at this person's story. Look at this person's story. You're expecting like a big payoff at the end when you're like, oh, shit. Like everything's coming together in one epic finale. And it was not that. I'll
0: disagree there. I thought the finale was pretty good. But anyway, the story itself, it just took a while to get going. And once it did, it... It was, you know, it felt like it was forever within the movie. But I will say once the story did get going and everything was set in motion with this diamond that Black Mask is looking for, I thought the movie moved at a pretty good pace and I thought that the – I wouldn't say the payoff was was good, but I enjoyed myself for sure. And I will stand out here – I loved the action sequences because they were real and there was no practical effects. There were no practical effects and they were awesome to watch.
1: Uh, well, that all right. Let's get into the execution then because my real well, no, problem... Hear
0: your, I want to hear your story. You, did, do you agree pretty much with everything I just said? Yeah. The story it, was just kind of whatever. It, was well, it wasn't whatever. It was, yeah,
1: it was completely a mess and all over the place and they didn't tie it up well and, yeah. <sighs> I and know. I will say,
0: at the end of the day, after the movie was over, it's kinda like, you know, what was the point of that?
1: Yeah. You know? I, I mean, talking about how they kept trying to like show the audience like, hey, we are like Deadpool. This isn't gonna be a typical superhero movie. But then you have like you and McGregor with an exact quote from the movie being like, You have until midnight to find me the diamond. It's like, really, bro? Like that's like yeah. straight out of a freaking you know <laughs> comic book. It, it's it's one of those
0: things where after seeing how many DC movies since Justice League failed where they're doing their own thing, at some point, something's got to start tying together because I'm losing interest. You know what I mean? Like that's what keeps you coming back. A lot of people coming back to these Marvel movies is because there's always some through line that's connecting and building to something. But these movies now for DC, they're not doing that. And it's, I think, going to end up hurting them in the long run whether or not it's okay in the short run which it seems to have been with aquaman shazam and wonder woman but i think in the long run it's it's going to come back and bite them in the ass yeah
1: i mean think about it that in one movie they tried to introduce black canary huntress this like kid and this cop and like, try and make you care about all of them, and intertwine their stories together, and make you like feel like they was coming together organically when it just wasn't.
0: All right, so jump into execution because I know this is where you're gonna you're gonna rip it to shreds.
1: So the action was not good. It wasn't. The action good.
0: was great, man. The action was great. That that funhouse scene at the at the end, the funhouse scene, the choreography of those set pieces were pretty awesome. All you right, can't
1: deny that, but. Have you seen every single one of those set pieces? I disagree. Before? I know every I single. One. There's the, nothing unique. Like when her I her going
0: around on the her going around with her rollerblades on the funhouse aspect. I I thought it was cool, man. I actually disagree there. I think that that was pretty creative and inventive.
1: Like the fight. All right, so let's talk about like the fight scenes though. The fi- when you when I'm watching like a John Wick or even like an Avengers or some movie in like the MCU or even you know, something else in the DCEU. It's, you know, there's always something creative that pops up where you're like, oh, shit, like, I haven't seen that before. I had seen every single thing before in all those action sequences. It's like, oh, okay, she's walking around with, like, a bat, and, like, it's the same exact choreography you've seen a hundred times before.
0: You know what the problem is, and, and we're... I, as we're talking about this, I'm, I'm picking up on it more, is you're right, when you're watching... Avengers movies, and I hate to keep comparing it to those or other DCEU movies. What what makes a superhero action scene stand out? It's their powers, right? It is what they can do. And the only person in this movie that had powers was Black Canary. And they only used her power
1: one time. Which you know was I mean? the most cornball silly thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, when she... Oh my god! When she used her power, and I, I guess the we're gonna we say, we say non-spoiler, right? But then yeah,
0: I mean everyone knows she's gonna use the canary cry.
1: That's the only thing that actually happens. It's a superpower, and then you see Harley Quinn's silly ass just like pop in front of her on rollerblades, being like, "Dude, Wee! that was awesome! No, that was so cool! I love so lame,
0: <laughs> dude, that was so I, lame!" All right, so let's let's bring it back in execution-wise. What did you think about some of the performances then?
1: I felt like all of the side characters... I All right, so I like the kid. Let's go through all of them. Kid, I like Cassandra the kid.
0: Kane, Cassandra Cain. Cassandra Cain. Yeah. The... Who was the MacGuffin of the movie. Really wasn't... You know, she was a MacGuffin.
1: Wait, we're we talking about the same... The little Asian girl? The, yeah. Like, that's her name? Cassandra Cain? Okay. Yeah, she was... She was the plot device. Yeah. So she was cool. I liked her. She was cool. She yeah. was like funny. She was like she had really good like lines in there. She was probably the funniest one in the whole movie. I liked her. The cop was like classic cop. I know they All were right. trying to be classic cop. That was just like fine. Rosie Perez. Wait, did you not just
0: think she was the exact same character from Pineapple Express? She even said a line <laughs> in the movie where she was like, "Oh, damn it." And like I was thinking to myself, "Damn." She literally said that in Pineapple Express.
1: Yeah. And it was one of those things where, like, they tried to do the whole movie where it's like, oh, yeah, she has all those cheesy 80s one liners. But it's like, all right, well, if you're going to play on that and, like, make fun of yourself and try and be ironic, like, your comedic elements have to hit. You can't just, like, point that out and be like, yeah, we know it's pretty lame. Yeah. You know? I, I agree. She was just okay for me. I will
0: say, stand out for me it was Black Canary. I thought that actress was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I thought she was. Good. Her acting I thought, was like not the best, but she was probably one of my favorite for sure.
0: I think she had the most compelling story. Yeah,
1: cuz the huntress's story was so shoehorned.
0: And the I mean Mary Elizabeth Winstead is a great actress. I thought that what she was given to do and she was barely even in the movie was awful.
1: Yeah, very well. And then
0: let's and then let's go let's round out uh with Ewan and McGregor. I thought he was okay. I thought he was having a good time. That's that's what I said. to That he, I think yeah. he, that was something outside of his, you know, comfort zone. I thought he just was having a good time.
1: I don't know if he was directed very well because it seemed like he was very apprehensive and he didn't good know point. like kind of what he needed to be. Because you could tell he was always flirting like with that line of being like ultra eccentric and over the top, but then like raining it in a little bit. Well, so. his
0: character was meant to be gay but i just they yeah they just kind of toyed the line they never really went anywhere with it and you know it just made it seem like it was just weird like just go one way or the other with it and then we'll go to margo as harley quinn what did you think i know did you
1: even see suicide squad i never saw suicide squad okay and i felt like because everybody was barely in the movie and the performances were just all kind of so-so that she was, like, in her own movie. And she was so over the top and so outrageous that it was kind of – it just rubbed me the wrong way. And the voice, it just – I hated it. I hated it. I
0: That's the character. That's Harley Quinn. So I actually loved it. I think that she is – really good in the role i also thought that some of the stuff that she did was just like the quirkiness and you know the over the topness that's that's just the character she's literally insane so i i loved it it was very much on par with suicide squad they didn't change anything about her which i'm glad at
1: least to, to, to me it just feels like forced and it's not very endearing like i feel like if you're gonna have a character like that where it's like Oh, I'm crazy and I do all this crazy shit all the time and I just do what I do, haha. You have to like have some sort of like, oh okay, like, you know, she's doing her thing and you have to like have, well, have some sort of empathy with her. But I just they didn't tried
0: like that. in terms of the connection that she had with the kid. It may may it may not have landed with you, but they at least tried. That was the intention.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the very end, they tried to like pull it all together with her and the kid, but then yeah, know, I, it, it, to me, it kind of felt like it was a last ditch effort to make you feel that empathy that wasn't there through the whole movie.
0: So, so would so I guess that the, the director Kathy Yan, I mean, was this her fault? Was this a script fault? W- what do you think? Because I tend to have thought that the once the movie got rolling and we get to the you know. Mostly the third act. I actually had a good time. I thought it was fun. I thought there were some funny moments. Like I said, I did not love the beginning. It just took a long time to get there. But once it did get there, I was I was in. I bought in. I had some good times, some good laughs. So do you think this is on her? Because you didn't like it.
1: I don't know. I. It was probably just the writing, honestly. Because there was just way too much going on. You had to try and rein it in. And it was like so jumpy all over the place and I don't know if you could really ever land that just with what she was given uh, to be honest
0: standout character Bruce loved Bruce needed more Bruce
1: ugh it was so like la- see that was so forced too <laughs> I loved Bruce man I loved him he was uh, so I great don't know. that was pretty <laughs> silly that was kind of <laughs>
0: stupid but I mean that's the world you're living in, right? That's the comic book world. So, we'll we'll round it out with the feel. Obviously, you felt nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I felt annoyed.
0: Yeah. The whole time?
1: Yes, the whole time. Okay.
0: Okay. I will say that I like I said, the feel. I had a good time. I don't think this movie was what I thought it would be after seeing those first couple of reviews come in. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't that amazing. Was it a stinker? I don't think so. I think there were a lot of good stuff there. If you like the character of Harley Quinn, if that's your jam, if you like the birds of prey, you want to see some women kicking ass, which they do, then you're going to like this movie. I don't think that people will go into this movie and there will be something for someone
1: in here. I think it was below average for sure i would okay. never watch it again i would let's also I, I talk recommend about, it to anybody
0: let's also quickly talk about the r rating do you think that the r rating was necessary i to be honest there were some times where i forgot it was r rated and then some of the violence in the action was caught me off guard and i was like oh my god i can't believe they just went there i thought it was it was used okay in my opinion
1: They could have made it. I mean, if you're talking, like, box office success, they should have just dialed it back a little bit in the cutting room floor and went PG-13, exactly. Because there was nothing overly over the top that, like, needed to push it to R.
0: No, I I totally agree. I think if you went PG-13, there would have been a lot more success in the box office. So let's rank this thing. It's the first time that we are going to probably rank it below. Instead of keep going on that upward trend like we had, so you go first. You want to recap what everything stands right now, or you want to just go right into it?
1: Yeah, we'll go through. I know, we'll put it at the end. We'll do that at the end.
0: Okay. Give me the number.
1: All right. So for me, story, I'm at a 5.1, execution, I'm at a 4.7, and a feel at a 4.8. Oh my God!
0: So what does that round out to?
1: Garbage. Hot steaming <laughs> pile of garbage. Now we'll call it a four eight. Wow, four
0: eight. That is low. Um, I'm gonna go higher, obviously, because I, I disagree pretty heavily in terms of the pretty much everything. I don't think that the story was that great. No, it wasn't. But I thought the execution was there. I thought that given the story, it it all flowed. And the feel, I, like I said, I, I had a good time. There were some laughs to be had. I saw some cool action. And I spent some time with some characters that I liked. So I will go
1: with a 6.8. Just below the 6.9 threshold. You think that's yeah. only one point below the 6.9 threshold?
0: It's below the 6.9 threshold, so it doesn't matter. You think matter.
1: that's only 0. 0.1 smidge behind Goosebumps? Yeah, man.
0: I, I, Like I said, it wasn't my favorite DC movie, but you know me. I like to go have a good time. I turn my brain off, and I thought that I did. So, uh, Trust me, before we started talking about it, I had it at a lot higher. Really? Yeah, it's uh, like a seven seven point one, but I'm sticking with the six point
1: eight. All right, that's fair. So that.
0: All right, so give point. us the top five in terms of total after those two scores meshed together equal what a five point five point
1: eight five, so five point nine.
0: Five point nine. I think that that's probably. See, here's here's what I'm thinking. Sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes is a fresh rating, right? You would give this not fresh. I would give this fresh. So it's fifty fifty. It's right above it's right at that line. I yeah. think that's a pretty good I think it's a pretty good overall score.
1: Yeah. I'm just mad that I, it was just kind of like a waste of a night.
0: <laughs> oh, don't give me that. Don't give me that. Okay. Round out the top five now that we have this in there.
1: Sure thing. Coming in at number five for the year, we've got Birds of Prey at a 5.9. Coming in at number four, 1917 at a 7.9. Coming in at number three, Marriage Story at 8.8. Number two, The Irishman at 8.9. And number one, your Best Picture award winner, Parasite. All
0: right. That sounds pretty good. Now that that is out of the way and you can brighten up your mood, that we're done talking about it and we'll never talk about it again
1: or think about it, and if I hear that freaking voice, I will cry.
0: Whatever. Let's since the mood is kind of low, this will be perfect for
1: movie apocalypse. It's the end of the world. There's only 3 movies left you're able to salvage you have to decide which movie you're going to leave behind which movie you're going to sit down to watch one last time and which movie you're going to bring back to help restart your civilization Wuh-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> okay
0: recurring segment first time i had to throw 3 movies together really quickly and i will go first because this might leave you thinking for a while but i'm going grand budapest hotel oh i know you love it gone girl
1: okay and 7 oh all right i think i got this one i will say the movie that i can that i'm going to throw away gone girl Great movie. Great movie, but I'll probably throw that one away. Okay. The movie that I would watch one more time is probably Seven, and I'd keep Grand Budapest Hotel. Just because I feel like Grand Budapest Hotel, if you're in a post apocalyptic world, that's just such a fun, quippy movie that's gonna keep your keep your hopes up you know
0: i know you love the grand Budapest hotel that's why i put it in there and i thought that i thought that gone girl would give you a little more of a thinker because that movie is just kind of you know twist turns not straightforward and then seven even more so just a complete mind bender um I thought thought that'd give you a little bit of a challenge, but I kind of knew that you would go Grand Budapest Hotel because I I know how much you love that movie.
1: Yeah. And it's not just because I like it the most, but if you're just chilling in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, you're not going to want to watch somebody's head get chopped off and put in a box. That's very true, man. That's what's in a box. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. For you, I've got three good ones. Three that I know you love. Oh, no. Number one, Mr. Wick, John Wick. Which one, the original? The original. Okay, okay. So the original. Number two, Logan. Number three. Yeah. One of your favorites that I know you always shed a tear, Saving Private Ryan. Holy crap, man. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, dude, I don't know. This is tough. Okay. Wow. So, I'm probably going to throw out John Wick. It's fair. And I'm I'm only going to say that because John Wick 3 and 2. I don't well, maybe not 2, but John Wick 3 is just better. I love John Wick 3. It's good. I'm probably going to rewatch Logan because that movie is really 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 draining in a way because it's kind of sad knowing that that's his last one but it's just so good and i have to keep saving private ryan i i and i have to keep saving private ryan because the first 30 minutes of that movie <laughs> is so incredible and you know that in my post-apocalyptic wasteland that i will have a home theater with surround sound dolby and i will hear the bullets flying everywhere behind me and it will teach me how to fight off these post-apocalyptic
1: <laughs> <laughs> zombies or whatever they are or do you just so, want it in your library so you can pull a home alone and throw it blunt blast on the speakers when some people try and come and raid your house
0: that's a good point, but yeah, Saving Private Ryan. I actually haven't seen that in quite a long time. Uh, it's usually on TNT around the holidays. I don't know why I'm thinking of that, but it's I true. do love Saving Private Ryan. They have like a it lifetime. Fantastic. To that freaking yeah. movie. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Wow, that was a that was a really good one. I I feel bad throwing John Wick out like that. And Mr. Wick. you know, I'm I'm literally looking at all three of those movies on my on my shelf right now. I have all of them on DVD. So that is that is a tough one. I might actually rewatch Logan now that you're saying that because I haven't seen that in quite a bit. But it's another tearjerker, dude. Great movie. James Mangold, Oscar winner for Ford versus Ferrari. That's right. Okay, now we are talking about our preview for next week. Um, yeah, there's nothing coming out in theaters again. So, what are we choosing?
1: So there's only two movies coming out in theaters. And they're both kind of stinkers. The one is the downhill movie, The Julie, Louis Dreyfus, and Will Farrell. Yes. I really freaking wanted to be good, but it's not going to be good. And then for some reason, I don't know why, and I don't even know if I've seen a trailer for this, but I'm intrigued. I kind of wanted to see that Fantasy Island movie.
0: I don't even know what that's about. I, isn't Fantasy Island a reality TV show?
1: Yeah, I thought it was some sort of like reality TV show gone wrong or something. Like it's like a thriller horror movie or something. Interesting. I know
0: Lucy Hale's in it. She's um, some. She was in that. What's that show? Pretty Little Liars. Yeah.
1: Did you see everybody on New Year's Eve like trolling the shit out of her because they're bug eyes? No. <laughs>
0: why on New Year?
1: Why on New Year's Eve? So she was of like. Of time. She was like on. um... On, like, Ryan Seacrest's New Year's and Eve or whatever. She was one of the okay, people, like, okay. on the streets being like, I'm out here with all the people in Times Square, you know, doing that classic thing. But she just, yeah. like, had this, like, crazy-ass, like, crazed look on her face. And she's got, like, you know, her eyeballs are, like, the size of my fists. So it's, like, intense right there on TV with those, like, big-ass lights in her face. And everybody was just, like tweet storming being like oh my god Lucy Hale is gonna haunt my nightmare she's gonna come murder me in my sleep poor Lucy Hale man what'd she ever do to anybody I, know. I don't know <laughs> she
0: was in this she was in this probably shitty movie Fantasy Island no we are going to watch the Amazon original because it just was released actually on Prime, Prime. and that is Shia LaBeouf's Honey Boy which I am super excited to watch, because I, th- I was going to try and catch this in theaters, but I couldn't find it anywhere.
1: Yeah. I am, like, so torn on Shia, because... Really? Why is it? Because he's just kind of an insane person, but I feel like this movie's going to be kind of, like, make or break for me.
0: I feel like Shia
1: LaBeouf has that stigma to him that he's an insane person, but
0: he's not, man. Uh, have you watched his Hot Ones that he did recently? he's actually very, very normal and has this negative buzz around him from maybe some decisions that he made a long time ago, but he's really kind of atoned for all that. And he's seems like a really good guy. And I don't know if you saw peanut butter Falcon, um, which was him and a person with down syndrome who they actually presented at the Oscars. They have this movie together and their chemistry is absolutely incredible he is just been on the up and up for me so i am super excited to see this movie because it's actually supposedly loosely based off of his life right
1: yeah well it's like about his upbringing and childhood as like a child star and like the pressure that his parents put on him i don't know which we've seen a million times before but it's going to be very unique and i feel like more real do you think they name drop even stevens oh first sh- uh no they can't i don't know if There's they no will. They yeah can. i don't know if they'll be able to
0: but that's yeah. got to be i mean that's what the movie's about I, I have seen a trailer where he's like in he's shooting even stevens or the kid is anyway but yeah i'm super excited because i've actually rewatched some even stevens when disney plus first came out yeah. and dude, that show it was hilarious yeah
1: we watched a couple lips too actually I mean, it's like, obviously it doesn't hold up to what you remember and it's like super insane, but it's pretty well done for like a, you know, early 2000s Disney show.
0: Favorite even Steven's song. We
1: went to the moon (laughs) in
0: 1969. We'll take it out. In 1970, (laughs) but not a a year later. (laughs) All right. That is it. Thank you for coming back for another episode of Watch It Rank. Follow us on Twitter at Watch It and Rank and on Instagram, Watch It underscore rank. We post new content every day. We'll see you guys next week for our review of Honey Boy. Take it out, Taylor. Give it to me. See ya. Peace.